We like to say this. Every church should feel like home. Your church should feel like home, and every person should have a home church. If, if you come here, we want you to feel at home. A big part of that is getting connected. We kick off something at the first of every month called Growth Track. It's happening this morning, right now at 11 o'clock. If you're not a part of it, you can always come any time of the month. But what happens there is we get connected. You learn about our church. You get to meet some of the team. We get to meet you and your family and get connected for the very first time. And that's how you get connected to a church, and that's how a church feels like home. You don't just want to slip in and slip out of church. You want to get connected. You want to build roots there. You want to grow. So that's what Growth Track is all about. Something kind of special that's going on tonight, Faith Co. at the park, at Tecumseh Park. We have been doing this for like 15 years now. The entire church gets together, and we have this big cookout over at Tecumseh Park. Shawnee doesn't have a park big enough for us, but we have this big cookout at Tecumseh Park. We play softball, basketball. Kids bring skateboards and longboards, and uh, I think, I don't know, it might be a place to play volleyball. So this is just a time for us to celebrate. This used to, it all started as a celebration of our anniversary. So this is when, when we started doing this. Now, here's the deal. This is the last Faith Go at the Park. We're not going to do it anymore after this year. Uh, our church is growing to a place where it's, it's hard to get the entire church together. We might do some things on the ground in the future when we build a softball field or whatever, but this will be the last Faith Go uh, at the park. So anyway, uh, so if, you, if you've ever been thinking about coming to being a part of that tonight at 5 o'clock, they're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Well, we're continuing a series today called With Honor, and uh, we have covered this for the last four weeks. I believe this is part five. Honor is something that we don't talk enough about, so that's why we wanted to bring it up. And the thing is, is some of the message that we're, messages that we're covering are a little bit controversial, and they confront different beliefs, but it's not that the material is so controversial or confronting as much as it is it confronts a side of us that's a little bit selfish. Honor is not a natural place for us. We have to show honor, but it, sometimes we have to be reminded of what it's about. Well, we've talked about how it can be a game changer for our lives. And that if we don't have an understanding of what honor is, we have displaced honor. That's where you honor talent over integrity. That's displaced honor. We've talked a little bit about God's different positions or God's, God's perspective of what we should honor. We've talked about honoring the authorities in our lives. We've talked about honoring our parents. And we've actually began talking about honoring his church well, today I want to go just a little bit deeper. Let me say this. If you weren't here last week, I strongly recommend that you look at last week's message online. Go to the podcast. Listen to it when you're working or working out. Watch it through the app that we have. Last week's message you don't hear very often. In fact, I haven't heard somebody preach on what we talked about last week in years, in years. I mean, decades have I heard some. But we're getting a lot of positive feedback about this, and I believe that it's confronting something in our lives. Well, today I'm going to go over to Romans, the 12th chapter, in the first verse, and I'm going to go a little bit deeper, and I'm going to talk about what it is to honor God through worship, honoring God through worship. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be here today. I ask, Lord, that as we open up our hearts and our minds and our Bibles, Lord, that you will instill some things about honor, that we grow and have a greater understanding it is about what it is to honor you through worship in Christ's name. And everybody said, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, pay attention, you need this today. 
Romans 12 and 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not conform to this world, or do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. As I said before, I want to talk about what honoring God is through worship, because I think that we're all over the place. In church, we're all over the places. What is worship and what does it look like? Well, worship is this, if you look it up in the Greek, it is an expression of profound honor. Worship is expression of honor. So therefore, honoring our Lord is expressed through our worship of him. Let me say that this again. Honoring our Lord is expressed through our worship of him. So that's why we're talking about honoring God through worship. We're defining what it is. First of all, worship is service. Worship is service. Romans 12 and 1 says, present your what? Present your what? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Worship isn't just about what I say. Worship isn't just about what I sing, kind of like what you guys did here about five minutes ago. You were worshiping the Lord. You were saying things. Lord, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. These things, this is worship, but it's not just, that's something we're going to talk about here in just a second. Worship, I believe, begins with service. It's not just about what you say. It's not just about what you sing. It's about what you do. It's about what you do with your body. God has a plan with your body, and that is to worship him or to serve him. God has a purpose. Therefore, we should take care or honor our bodies. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to take better care of your body. It's, it's true because God has a purpose, and God has a plan for that body. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, this is a scripture that was directed towards sexual immorality. And he was talking about guarding your bodies. He says, don't you realize? And he's talking about how you shouldn't do whatever you want to do sexually with your body. Then he steps into this verse and he says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. Once you gave your life to Christ, you don't belong to yourself anymore. For God bought you with a high price, so you must what? Honor God with your body. As human, God made you three-dimensional. He made you in his image. You are spirit, your mind, and your body. Worship isn't just how you feel. That's your spirit. Worship isn't just how you think. That's your mind. Worship is also how you live your life, how you serve God. It's the way you live every single day. In Colossians 1 and 10, it says this. Then the way you live will honor and please the Lord. The way that you live will honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. What does that mean to produce good fruit? That's how you serve God. You know, that's, that's why we, serving God is an act of worship. When you put on the shirts, when you join the dream team, that's why we talk about going through a growth track because that's how, where you learn where your gifts are, your spiritual abilities. You put on a shirt, you show up on weekend or whatever, or serving God outside of the church. That is an act of worship. 
Yes, there is a worship, as we're going to talk about, as from our mouths and lifting our hands. There are expressions of worship, but one of the strongest ways that we, or the strongest means that we worship God is how we live our lives. We talked about this last week that the Bible tells us in Peter, he says this, that people will look at your life, how you honor God, and they will give glory to God. So worship God. Worshiping God is expressed by serving God. Second of all, worshiping God, it's about surrender. It's about surrender. It's about service and it's about surrender. Listen to me. Surrender is true expression of worship. In fact, I'll say it like this. Surrender is at the heart of worship. There is an attitude. There is a heart behind worship. It's not just lip service. It's just, it's just not how you live, but it's also the, the heart behind it. And the heart behind it is a heart of surrender. In Romans 12 and 1, it says, present your body holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Surrender is the how. Your body Present your bodies is the what, but surrender is the how. You might remember that old hymn from years ago. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Does anybody remember that hymn? What a beautiful hymn to talk about the surrender and the expression of worship. What that is, is that is, Lord, no matter what you want me to do, No matter what I have to do, no matter what I have to give up, no matter what you ask of me, Lord, I am completely surrendered. And when you worship God, you should have a heart of surrender. If you remember Jesus, before he was crucified, the night before Jesus was crucified, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And as he was there, he was actually praying to the Father that he wouldn't have to go through that. You remember that prayer? Father, if there is any way... If there's any way that I don't have to drink this cup, Lord, I pray that, Lord God, you can do anything. Take this cup away from me. That was the struggle. You see, sometimes doing what God wants you to do, there is a struggle. And I believe that that, the, the Garden of Gethsemane for Christ, that was the struggle. Sometimes there is struggle that leads to surrender. Then he said, nevertheless, not my will but your will be done. Ultimately, he gives us a perfect example, even to the point of giving his life of surrender. You know, some people, they won't follow Christ because of the issue of surrender. Lord, I'll do anything that you want me to do except for that. I've had people come up to me before and say, hey, if I follow Christ, will I have to give up this? Hey, if I... You know, you're a Christian, Travis. You've been living for God many years. Hey, the Christians, can, you know, can I be a Christian and still do this? Let me tell you something. I can't really speak to what, you know, the vice is or the sin or the lifestyle. I can't really sin. I can't be a judge of people who don't follow Christ. I know what the Bible says about things, but really, your walk is between you and God. But I can tell you this. What if it does? What if it does require you to give up that one thing? What if coming to Christ requires you to give up that certain lifestyle? What if coming to Christ causes you to give up certain things that you really enjoy doing? That would be surrender, wouldn't it? I'm not saying that you have to, but what if you do? Because I can tell you this, anything that keeps you 
held back, anything that you hold back from the Lord, eventually he's going to require it from you. And I see that in the scripture. Remember the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and he said, Lord, how do I have inherit? How can I have eternal life? And the Lord looks at him knowing and seeing what was in his heart. He says, for you. And he talked about these different things. I, I honor my father and mother and I, and I gave this list of things that he does, his works. And the Lord looks at him and sees something going on in his life. And he said, for you. You need to sell everything that you have and give to the poor and follow me and you'll have treasure in heaven. And the Bible says that the rich young ruler walked away disappointed because it wasn't that he was rich. It was that his wealth had a hold of him. He couldn't surrender it. Or maybe, you know, for you it's like the Pharisees or, or maybe for some people it's like the Pharisees. What had them was their pride. They couldn't step across that line. Even, they, even when they saw the miracles of Christ, they couldn't step across that line. They couldn't surrender because of their pride. For some people, it's their lifestyle. People love their lifestyles. People love how they live. Even if it's a sinful lifestyle, they can't give it up. I have friends that, 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 that won't come to church because there are things that they love to do that they have to give up. And I tell them, you know, it's not about that. You don't have to, you, if that's something that God requires, if you give it up one of these days right now, just give your heart to God. But people, people's lifestyle has such a hold on them. Vices, sin has such a hold on them that they'll say, even if God wants me to give that up, they will walk away from God because surrender is the issue. The issue isn't the vice. The issue isn't the sin. The issue is a matter of the heart. The issue is surrender. True worship comes with surrender. We can't approach a holy God. We can't approach our service with a list, our Savior with a list of conditions. I will come to you as long as, and I will serve you as long as I can do this, this, and this. It is surrender. Surrender is the heart of worship. I think about this, and I think about the different expressions of worship the different expressions of worship within the house of God. And when we come, and maybe you've seen the way we lift our hands, the way we sing, the way we move or whatever, the way we play our instruments. It doesn't matter what we do if our heart's not right. It doesn't matter how we express our worship if there is not a sense of surrender. The Bible states specific ways that we are to worship the Lord. You know, I used to think, however, anybody wants to worship God, just worship God in your own way. And I know that there is a freedom of worship, but there are specific things, specific expressions of worship that the Bible gives us. And I don't have time to break all these down, but I'm going to listen. First of all, with our voice, speaking, according to Psalm 34 and 1, it says, praise will always be on my lips. Shouting, you lift up your voice, you sing loud, you speak loud, according to Psalm 27 and 6. Singing, Psalm 47 and 6 says, I will sing praises to God. Then our posture, what we can do with our bodies, bowing down. Come, let us bow down for worship, Psalm 95 and 6. Standing, I will stand in all of your laws, Psalm 119 and 20 says. And then dancing, let them praise his name with dancing, Psalm 149 and 3. Then our hands, what can our hands do? Our hands can play instruments. Our hands can play guitars and pianos. Number two, clapping with our hands, 
Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to the Lord. Number three, lifting hands. That's another thing that we can do. You see that? Lifting your hands is a sign of worship. These are all biblical-based expressions of worship, but they don't matter if there's not a heart of surrender behind it. This is how we worship God. I used to think, as I said before, I used to think that, you know, whatever people wanted to do, and I was, I was raised in a Pentecostal atmosphere. I was raised Pentecost. I've been around charismatics my whole life. I used to think, man, whatever people wanted to do, just let people do whatever they want to do to worship God. But here's what I got to realizing, and this matters when you pastor a church. Because when you're pastoring church, you want it to grow as a result of people getting saved. And I grew up in a, in a Pentecostal church that was the most amazing church. And it was a strong and it was a growing church. But I used to sit in that church and think to myself, I, I wouldn't bring my friends here because I don't know if, you know, Sister Holier now is going to break down and run around the church or this, this guy over here is going to run on the back of the chairs or that guy over there is going to roll around on the floor and, or, you know, I just don't know. This, um, is this person going to scream out loud? You know, it was, it was, I used to think that I had, that I was the problem that, you know, I didn't want to offend the Holy Spirit. But I got older. And when you pastor a church, you start thinking differently about these things. And when we first started our church, there would be, there would be different types of expressions of worship. And we had a, an individual, she would come here and, man, when the praise and worship started, you didn't know what she was going to do. She might do some hip thrusting. Uh, she might do some twirling around. You know, we, we had to make sure nobody was sitting by her. And, man, I began to pray about that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. She would take that scripture out of context. I, I used to, you know, as a young pastor in my late 20s, I used to think, man, I don't want to offend the Holy Spirit. But here's what, here's what I had to solidify in my walk with God. And I'm not trying to, if, you're, if you grew up Pentecost, I'm not trying to step on any toes. But here's what I had to solidify. First of all, I had to nail down, is my worship, and this is what we have to ask ourselves, is my worship giving glory to God or is my worship giving attention to myself? Are you hearing me? That's a very good question that, that we need to ask ourselves. Is my worship a display of worship or is it a distraction, right? We have to ask ourselves that. And I, this is not something that we deal with in our church. I'm, trying, I'm talking about worship. I'm, I'm giving some examples. I, I was in a, a church service where they said, okay, right now we're just all going to start dancing. And, you know, some people could dance. Some people couldn't dance. I don't know if there was a lot of worship. And, and, and that's what we say sometimes. Hey, just worship the Lord in your own way. Just however you want to worship. We say that. We have to be very careful about that. Let me give you an example. Let's say that, you know, you've seen the way we move our bodies in church. And you see, you know, people move back and forth. And they're doing kind of different things. But let's just say that, you know, because I have, I have, a, you know, I have a different kind of talent. That I want to worship the Lord in my own way. So I'm just giving it up here. And I'm feeling the Lord. So I'm just like, yes, praise God. Praise God. Do you think this is a distraction? Is, is this giving glory to God, or would you say this is more of a distraction? Right, right, okay. You think it's, a, well, what if I speed it up a little bit? Is that giving more glory to God? Huh? Is that giving more glory to God? I'm sorry about that illustration. It's amazing what you can learn at youth group when you volunteer for, okay? I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm going over the line a little bit to show you. I've been a part of services where people took over the praise, where, where all eyes went on a person or a couple of individuals 
It was not on the front of the church, the words being spoken, not all that. People were taking over services. Here's what I found out. First of all, those people aren't bringing people to church. They're not investing years in trying to get somebody saved. And I'm not downing anybody. There are times for everything, okay? Second of all, I, got to, I learned years of experience in talking, is those people aren't doing that in their living rooms. They're not worshiping God like that. In their They're just waiting until they get to church to do that, okay? So here's the deal. I want to go back to this question. I want to make this statement. Our expression should display worship, not distract from worship. Amen? Because when it displays worship, there is a heart of surrender. It's important that surrender is at the heart of worship. If anybody took pictures or filmed that, do not put that on Facebook. <laughs> that was just for your eyes, okay? So worship is about serving or service. Worship is about surrender. And lastly, worship is about sacrifice. Sometimes worship feels like sacrifice. Isaiah 43 and 23 says, you have not honored me with the sacrifices. It, there can be a sacrifice, but it's not always honorable. And I, have, I have a personal commitment for, for myself that I will honor God with the worship even when it's inconvenient. Did you hear that? I've made a personal commitment, and hopefully we can all come to that. that I will make a personal commitment that I will honor God and I will worship him even, even when it's inconvenient. Hebrews 13 and 15 says, Through him... Let us continually offer sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. He says continually offer sacrifice of praise. Now that doesn't mean every minute of every hour we're walking around continually offering praise. That means even through the good times and the bad times, even through different seasons, even through different circumstances, I will continue to offer praise. Even even if I don't feel like offering praise, I'm going to worship God. Even if I, even if, even if I, through the down times, even through the suffering times, even through times when I feel abandoned, I'm going to lift up the name of the Lord. Are you hearing me? Well, that feels like a sacrifice. Well, worship is supposed to feel like a sacrifice. In the Old Testament, it was literally a sacrifice. They would take their spotless lamb, the most perfect lamb that they had. It wasn't a sheep, it was a lamb. It was like their most prized, and they would bring that to the temple, and they would allow the priest to offer that as a sacrifice. Because God would say, I want, I want you to give me your best. It felt like a sacrifice. Sometimes worship feels like a sacrifice. You know, it's easy to worship the Lord when we feel blessed, right? It's easy to worship the Lord when everything's going your way, when, when you get that job or, or you meet that person or your life is going well, your kids are doing well, your family's doing well. That's when we can worship. Thank you, God. We are blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. We are blessed. Does anybody remember that? Anybody remember that song? Most of you are not going to remember that song. It's easy to worship the Lord when you feel blessed. But sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes, sometimes you feel beat down. Sometimes you feel hurt. Sometimes you feel abandoned. Sometimes you feel like you, you, you lost somebody in your life. You've, sometimes you feel like God didn't have your back in certain situations. 
Sometimes you don't feel like worshiping the Lord, but here's what you do. You commit to worship the Lord. You commit to offer him from, the, from, the, from your mouth, Lord, I will praise you through the good times and through the bad times. I will praise you no matter what I go through. Lord, I'm gonna praise you because you are God. Listen to me. If your praise and your worship, if it feels like sacrifice when you're going through some heartache, when you're going through some pain, that is the closest that you will ever be to the heart of God. That is the closest that you will ever be to truly worshiping the Lord because it's a sacrifice. And if you will worship him when it feels like sacrifice, what he will do is he will step into your life and he will fight for you. He will step into your lack of joy situation and he will bring you joy. He will come into your defeated situation and he will bring victory if you will praise him through the hard times. Amen. If worship sometimes feels like sacrifice, that's okay, right? It's okay if it feels like sacrifice sometimes because those are the best times. Those are the times when your praise gets a hold of God. My son is over here. He's leading growth track next door right now. My son was always hard to discipline. Now, when you, when you think of Baylor, you think of a, a loud kid that, you know, he's up in front of the church worshiping. When you think of him, you know, he's a, he's a young man. He's about to turn 20. But, man, when he, was, when he was seven years old, he was a little bitty guy. He was so hard to discipline. He was, he was so hard. Man, when, when I would spank him, it was so hard. I mean, Savannah, that was a different subject. She got everyone she deserved she got. You know what I'm saying? But, but Baylor, I'd say, son, what did I tell you about that? I told you. What'd you say? What'd I? And he would say, Dad, don't worry about it. At seven, eight years old, he'd say, Dad, don't worry about it. I know what I did. And if and the only reason you spanked me is because you love me. <laughs> I know I deserve this, Dad. You're a good dad for doing this. That was so hard. He would compliment me for spanking him. That's, that's kind of like, that's kind of like, I, I mean, I would, he would, literally, after I spank him, I'd break down and cry. And he would come over and he'd say, it's, it's okay, Dad. He would console me. I, I kid you not. It was so hard. That's kind of like when we, when sacrifices, when we offer a sacrifice of praise to God, that we're hurting, we're struggling. We feel like God's in on it sometimes. We don't get it. But when you offer up a praise to God like that, that touches the heart of God. Those are the best times to worship. Amen? I want to close with this. Honoring God through worship, it looks like this. It looks like serving. It looks like surrender. And it looks like sacrifice. When we think of worship, it's not just about what happens here on Sunday morning. That's just a small part of worship. Yes, we lift our hands. Yes, we move around. Yes, 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 we speak words. Yeah, it's about all those things. It's about all the things that we do, but it's also about how we serve him with our lives and how we honor him in front of people that don't know Christ. And it's also about the sacrifice of worship. Maybe God's speaking to you today. I don't know how God's speaking to you. Maybe God is, is, is calling you out today that you need to surrender in some areas of your life that, that true worship looks like surrender. 
It doesn't always look like doing whatever you want to do. Maybe God's speaking to you right now and confronting you in the area of sacrifice. Whatever God's dealing with you today, answer that call. Amen? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today and for speaking to us, Lord, and for confronting us, Lord. If you didn't love us, you wouldn't confront us. I pray, Lord, that as we evaluate our lives, you will speak to us and draw out things in us that need to change, bring it to the forefront of our minds right now. In the name of Jesus, as your heads are bowed and God is speaking to you today, maybe you can say, Travis, I live for God. He's Lord and Savior of my life. This is not a matter of salvation. This is a matter of service. I don't worship the Lord in the way that I serve him. Or this is a matter of, this is not a matter of whether or not I'm a Christian. This is a matter of surrender. There are things in my life that I hold back. There are things that, that I keep in the corner of my life that are not surrender, that I need to give this to God and let go of and experience complete freedom. Or maybe for you, you're going through something right now that worship You're having a tough time worshiping. The praise and worship is going. The music is good. Everything's good, but it's hard to lift your hands. It's hard to worship God because of what you're going through. You feel like you're going through it alone. You've been praying that God will move in your life, and it feels like he's not answering any prayer. Let me tell you something. This is the time to worship the Lord. Whatever you're going through, I want to pray with you right now. If you're seated next to somebody you love or you're close to, take that person by the hand if you like. This is the time that we connect. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for bringing us here today and thank you, Lord, for speaking to people, for confronting, for changing, for calling us out. You know what we deal with. You know what we wrestle with. And I believe, Lord, that you want to bring change in the lives of people today, so I pray that you will do that. Lord, we are your people. We are your children. May we honor you with our lives. May we honor you with our worship, not, with, not only with what we say, but how we live our lives. With a heart of surrender, even when it feels like sacrifice, may we honor you in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. As you continue to bow your heads, maybe you're seated here and you don't know Christ. He's not Lord and Savior of your life. Could be this is your first time to be here today at Faith Co. Church. Maybe God's dealing with you about your walk with him. Maybe you have never surrendered your life to Christ. Come and brought everything and say, Lord, just take my life. Be Lord and Savior of my life. Or maybe for you, you, at some point in your life, you walked away from God. And today you feel like he's calling you home. I'd love to lead you in a prayer right now, and we'll all pray it together. I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you. I just want you to pray the same kind of prayer we just prayed, but I'd like to know if I'm praying for people today. So between you, me, and God, if you can say, Travis, today I'm gonna give my life to Christ and I just want you to know I'm serious about it. I want you to pray with me as I pray. Just slip your hand up and slip it down so I know I'm praying for people today. Is there anybody that can say that? See your hand in the, in the back middle. You can put it down. See your hand over here on the right. You can put it down. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just so I know I'm praying for people. 
So your hand over here on the left, you can put it down. Anybody else before we pray? I I just want to know. Okay, we're going to pray. And as we pray, I want you to repeat this prayer, and we're going to pray it together. And and I don't know if I saw everybody's hand. I, I know I saw a few hands. And even if you were thinking about lifting your hand, you didn't. What matters is you speak these words, and today you can come home. You can tell us about it later. But right now, you just invite Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life. We're all going to pray together. Come on, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as I'm before you today, I give you my life. Jesus, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life. And I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and wash me clean and whole. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me and rose from the dead. And now I confess that you are Lord and Savior of my life. Now take my life and use it for your cause. I give it to you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, guys, let's celebrate. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you.